When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. I am your host, Grandmaster Hoop, and we're coming to you from Philly, Philadelphia, West Philadelphia. We are coming from the desk of class, I don't know, the classroom number, but we're coming to you from Janine's classroom. Uh, we're talking about Abbott Elementary. Yes, the hit mockumentary series that is taking the way of uh, taking the TV. Uh, it's it's blowing up, folks. It's good. It's good. It's Abbott Elementary. Um, and uh, we're in season two. Uh, it's been around, and there's a lot of good things to talk about when it comes to Abbott Elementary and what makes it so good, and kind of the I don't know the history behind it, the development, and what we enjoy. Um. And I say we, because I am not alone. Uh, there are some supernovas joining me tonight to talk Abbott Elementary. And let's hear who's going to be joining us tonight. Hello, it's Tangelo. It's the one, the only, Nino Desplazado. All right, let's get into it. It's Abbott Elementary. It's on ABC Tuesday nights. Uh, that's prime time for comedies. Uh, what is Abbott Elementary? I'll just give a brief synopsis for the viewers listening. Uh, it's a mockumentary-style comedy following the everyday lives of the teachers and staff of Abbott Elementary as they hope to be the best at their jobs while maintaining sanity amidst the chaos of a broken school system, work relationships, and the community of Philadelphia. I feel on paper right there. That sounds pretty basic. I feel Abbott Ele Elementary has been everything but basic. That's why we're here discussing it. Uh, what drew us to Abbott Elementary? I want to hear from y'all, the supernovas. Did you catch the wave early on? What what entices you to keep going with Abbott Elementary? What what's your draw in here? I would I would really say that I I think I caught it early on. Um, I don't remember why I caught on to it. I don't know what about it was appealing. Um, like at first glance, but I remember when I saw Quinta Brunson attached to it um, and that it would be taking us inside like a school. I think I was really sold on the first episode. There was a lot of hype and I was like, you know, I might as well just watch the first episode and see what it's about. And I just kind of fell in love with what the message that the story was trying to tell and what it was trying to do with its time on TV. I would agree. Uh, I think that pilot episode was really strong for a pilot. Uh, I think it nailed what it needed to do, what it's about, 
as far as it's a school uh it's a mockumentary and yeah i think quinta herself and we'll be getting into more about quinta uh she captivating as far as you know just a funny lead uh yeah it's just they did a really good job in that pilot it just it gave you everything you needed for a pilot to continue on with this series so i applaud them for that uh and what you how, how i know you've been a big proponent i know you keep asking me an actual teacher's perspective about Abbott. what what do you what do you enjoy what's going on i think yeah i think you're hitting on the spot um the aspect of like being able to watch it and then contact a friend who's a teacher and be like, yo, is this like a thing? And then hearing like, well, actually kinda. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there's a level of depth of like realism of like, you know, I don't know. I like looking on Twitter, right? And whenever an episode comes up and you look up at lunch, like people like talk about it. And it's just funny having people like be like, ooh, that's like real or, um, and yeah, I think like you said, the pilot episode was really funny. I think um, just the cast like together is really great. Um, I think they're all like in some way symbolic of like, you know, I think a lot of people have like people like that, um, you know, like the characters in the show that we can think about. Like, again, I think I think of Jacob, right? Jacob is a character. Where I'm like, who is that one white friend that just like was really big about Teach for America or like, sorry, like Doctors Up Borders or like Peace Corps or something like that. Um, that's like also with it, but also like kind of problematic or like has their things and then having like the old mentor figure. Uh, and then again, like the happy-go-lucky person. And obviously like you have Gregory, who's like the um, realist guy. Like, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I think it, it, it's a, it was a breath of fresh air compared to, I think, uh, a lot of other, um, I don't know. I really, I've never watched The Office. I love Parks and Rec. And okay. so I think it was really interesting kind of like comparison to, to, to those. And, and yeah, yeah. No, no, I think, I think that's a good point. when you say realism, I, I watch Abbott as they you know, from like a teacher's perspective. And I do feel a lot of it is very real. Um, of course, it's some of it exaggerated, no doubt. Um, like I remember, uh, uh, Barbara, Cheryl Lee Roth's character went on break at a nail salon during the school day. I was like, absolutely not. Uh, there's no way. There's no way. But like the message that she was having with the parent that she was trying to teach Gregory about, you know, reach out to the parents, show that you're, you, you know, that you care about the students. It, it was real. That part, that part was real. And I think too, when you bring up, uh, you know, other mockumentary style comedies, I'm a big fan of The Office. I'm a huge Office fan. But The Office at certain points loses kind of that realism. Uh, it definitely has it early on. Uh, but as you go throughout the series, it definitely loses that sense of, oh, now they're just making this for the comedy hour. Uh, you mentioned Parks and Rec too. I also very enjoy Parks and Rec. Uh, also, I feel loses a lot of realism, mainly with the characters, not necessarily the situations that they're in, but mainly the characters are very exaggerated. I feel with Abbott, one, I also like to point out this too, those two aforementioned shows that we just mentioned, uh, Office and Parks and Rec, and the only other mockumentary I think worth mentioning in this category is uh, probably Modern Family. I was definitely drawn to the fact that Abbott is a black cast, a pre predominantly black cast. Yeah. 
Um, I love seeing that. That was great. It's a black creator, you know. You got, uh, you know, Cheryl Lee. That's everybody's auntie. That's D from uh, Moesha. Uh, that's uh, the original uh, Dream Girls. Uh, who doesn't mm -hmm. like seeing her? This cast is great, and it's very, you know, the even as you mentioned, you mentioned Jacob. Uh, you got Lisa Ann Walter, uh, Jacob, Chris Perfetti. Do you know? Do you know Lisa Ann Walter? You remember her from Parent Trap? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Love seeing her. Uh, and then freaking Tyler James Williams. Uh, I feel uh, he hasn't been. I mean, he's been working. He's he he's had steady work. The last time I saw him before Abbott, he got eaten by zombies on The Walking Dead. Spoiler for that show. I love seeing him here. I love seeing grown up. Everybody hates Chris because we all stay in Gregory. <laughs> so I think it's a great cast. Um, oh, gosh, we got to mention uh, Janelle James as Ava. Uh, I probably I think the sleeper uh, character. No, yeah, she definitely I wouldn't say she is the sleeper character. I would say that she's like the breakout character. The breakout um, character. That's a better. Yeah. That's a better way. The sleeper character is definitely the janitor. He oh. has some funny lines, Mr. Johnson. Yes, Mr. Johnson. Oh my god! But um, I feel like she's probably the breakout character. I know she has like she's done a bunch of stand up, but I think this is like her first. Like maybe maybe I'm wrong, but this is like her first really big role. Um, and I feel like this is probably gonna make her a household name. Uh, I think I think the I, I feel as when you said breakout that's the best way to describe it. But I think as far as if you don't know her other work, I feel now she's in a very mainstream media, mm -hmm. and yeah. now she's definitely going to get that attention. I mean, uh, shoot, Quinta, uh, I I can't remember. I think I watched Abbott before. Uh, have you ever watched on HBO um, the Black Lady Sketch Show? Have any of y'all seen that? I have. I've seen it briefly. And I think that there was actually a sketch with Tyler. Wasn't there a sketch? Yeah. With, uh, yeah. He's yeah. been in a couple. He's been in a couple. Yeah. So there is definitely um, some humor there. I remember they were playing like um, Love Interest. I forget if it was. It was based on like Romeo and Juliet or like a parody of it. Um, very funny. Very weird to see them, you know, I, to find that after seeing the show because uh, I'm like yeah it's just very funny no I think um I'm sure that's where they probably met and then she's like hey I have this role it'd be perfect for you um but that show right there really shows her comedy prowess she's funny uh she's not the lead on that show but she has written I'm uh, imagine a number of sketches for that show uh, she was only in season one because then Abbott Elementary took off uh, mm -hmm. the following year. So then she had to drop the show. And I know she's appeared in season three. Um, but Quinta, she, she's she been proving herself. Uh, she got her start on BuzzFeed and YouTube Red. And then she, Black Lady Sketch Show. Right, right. Yeah, BuzzFeed. No, 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 no. Wasn't she on Vine too? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, okay, it went from Vine, and then they gave her these two projects based 
uh, with BuzzFeed and YouTube Red, and uh, yeah. essentially mini series. Uh, but yeah, from there, I think that's when her name started getting into these comedy channels. Uh, uh, you know, I have to I have to correct myself. It was Instagram, not Instagram. Vine. But the do you, do you know the name? Do you see the name? No, I just turned her Instagram in 2014. Okay. So it was around the same time as when Vine was taking off, but there was probably a bunch of people who stole her content. So, well, yeah, I mean, they stole her content, but look who made it out big in the end. Mm -hmm. uh, from from there, uh, she pitches this to, I believe, uh, the execs at uh, Warner Brothers, because I think Warner Brothers uh, distributes uh, and produces it, but it's ABC that uh, whatever programs it. There's a lot of ifs and or but. However, this thing takes off. Uh, so the pilot, let me paint you a little history real quick. The pilot premieres in like December, uh, I believe 2021. And it has good ratings. It draws in like 2.79 mil, right? Word of the mouth, and after 35 days, it jumps in ratings to 7.1 million uh, viewership with a 300% increase. So word of the mouth moves this show along. Now everybody is on Abbott Elementary. And this thing is consistent. This thing is consistently bringing in the ratings. And what's really interesting, too, is that they did a little side-by-side -side comparison with Modern Family uh modern family did similar numbers and got this season two renewal like right after like episode four abbott elementary doesn't get their season renewal until much later down the road so it's very interesting because it pulled in equal if not more numbers than modern family and then they don't get the season two renewal right off rip like modern family which is, i just find that interesting there's probably a deeper story behind that as far as why they're not giving the renewal right away to the show who's obviously doing numbers versus you know, a show like pandemic. modern family say again probably because it's probably because of the pandemic um like the pandemic kind of changes the landscape for television okay um and because there's you know it's um it's what do you call it it's being released on um abc but warner brothers television and 20th um 20th television is producing producing it it was probably like like who gets the who gets the rights to that you know what i mean so there was probably a bunch of discussions behind the scenes about like who gets to release it and also there i think uh i don't know who's behind this but the hulu like day after release uh, is not really done anymore. Um, maybe it is. I don't watch regular television on, on the main networks, but um, for, for at least for I know, it's not really done anymore. You have to wait till the season ends, and then maybe you'll get it on like a, a streaming site. But they've been very consistent with like the Hulu release the day after, so there was probably like a lot of talks about that specifically. Well, I mean, you could think Hulu probably too. I mean, that's where I watch it. Um... So I, I, I appreciate that model, but you're absolutely right as far as that season has to end for the whole season to be available 
on any streaming services. I know Disney, I guess, technically owns Hulu due to 20th Century Fox having having the most shares in Hulu. That is why you can currently watch Avid there. But with that said, the pandemic probably really helped garner the interest in the viewership in Avid because streaming services and, you know, streaming watching goes up significantly during the pandemic, post pandemic. Everybody's on some streaming. This thing has had consistent viewership. Uh, Season two drops fall 2022 it is the high abc's highest rated comedy telecast in three years for the premiere i'm just throwing out these numbers it doesn't sound like a lot but that's that's big that's like really big it's doing so well and i think that's worth noting and then to, on top of that too right off right off rip yeah, shall we talk about the Emmys and uh, their Emmy wins and their shoot their noms too? It's crazy. After their flagship season, um, so the, they get a they get an Emmy nom for best comedy. Uh, oh man, I wish I knew the numbers on how many flagship comedies get like nominated best comedy right after their first season. Uh, they get. Go what what? Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot. So it's a big deal, right? Uh, I would like to think this is a big deal. They get uh, a best writing nomination uh, for Quinta, and I think it was the pilot that gets nominated. They get best lead actress uh, with Quinta. They get best supporting actor. Oh, these are all noms. These are all noms so far. Best supporting actor for tyler james and then they get two nominations for best supporting actress for cheryl lee and janelle james and they walk away with best writing so quinta quinta's now an emmy holder for her writing like as we just said the pilot really drew us in that pilot just won an emmy and then cheryl lee takes home best supporting actress and that is did y'all see her did y'all see her uh acceptance i did sometimes i rewatch that speech to get inspiration <laughs> in all honesty i'm like it's it's really chill. inspiring it's really good and yeah. i didn't know that song existed until she sang it and i was like okay you know, that's a new song i'm just gonna listen to whenever i can um no, I was, it's been amazing because, it, and it's interesting in the context to historicizing of like, she's been in the game for a long time. And I think that was her first like Emmy. Um, I, I want to say that's her first really big, like, big award. Like, yeah. I don't think she got a Tony uh, for her original run. Oh, I think people thought that was like, it was not, it was like stolen from, from her back, back, back in the day. Oh, way back when, uh, which I'll, yeah. I, I'll, I'll believe that. I believe right. Yeah. I think yeah, because I think because it was Dream Girls, right? right? It was Dream Girls, yeah. It was Dream Girls. Yeah, and she's she, been, yeah. She did win an Independent Spirit Award for Best Supporting Female category in 1990 for To Sleep with Anger, um, famous you know black comedy mm -hmm. film. Um, she won, and then her she's been nominated like 
many times, sometimes for Moesha, sometimes for a show called or a film called The Terrence. Um, and then, of course, Dream Girls was the Tony and the Drama Desk Award. Um, oh, you you know what? Um, I have it pulled up too. She lost to Jennifer Holiday, who did Effie for Dream, Dream Girls. Girls. Wow. So <laughs> if she, if she were, if yeah. she were to lose to anybody, I guess. Yeah, it it was a tough year, especially yeah. that was a great cast. So that is a great cast. So I I guess I'll let that. I can't. Uh, I can't say that one was stolen. Then, uh, that one I guess I get her fast. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> but she's been in the as you said, she's been in the game forever, and I feel this reward, this this uh this Emmy that she wins is like this it's huge as far as yeah. like you know I, I i guess people probably didn't think um this would be what she would be winning for a mockumentary style comedy where she plays a teacher on you know primetime cable television you know uh oh i'm so sorry oh oh yeah okay never mind i got the awards right uh right apologies um so yeah, they take home, they take home uh best supporting for Cheryl, best writing. I think that was it. Uh oh no, wait, wait they want a third one. Oh boy. I I gotta find it real quick. Uh they want a third one. Uh oh, it must be a technical one because it's not listed here. Either okay, they, they they walk away with three. That's that's great. That's great. It's definitely worth mentioning. I've like the office didn't take stuff home until like their second season, you know. Uh, the modern family started sweeping all the years after. Uh, that's rigged. big stuff. I, I don't know. Modern family winning all those years must be rigged. Well, it was either modern family or Big Bang Theory. Uh, those were Jim Parsons took um, home so many lead actors. Uh, Competition was not steep, I guess. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, either way, Abbott, Abbott is, you know, I say all this, um, Abbott is making waves and it's continuously making waves. And it's just, it just seems to work. It just seems to work. Uh, what makes it work? Well, let's, let's kind of get into uh, characters. Let's get into the plot. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Um, I mean, no better way to start than Janine. Uh, how you feel about Janine? I, I like I like Quinta. I like Janine. Uh, someone once pointed out to me that Janine very much is kind of that 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 lead character that always the do gooder, the uh, the Leslie Nope. A, a, a Leslie Nope, right? A Leslie yeah. Nope. Uh, someone even said a Jessica Day from New Girl tries to fix everything. Um, yeah, I don't like uh, that one. Ooh. Oh, you don't like New Girl? That's a, uh, I like New Girl. Um, but something about Quinta, there's like, uh, well, Janine. I'm just talk about Janine. Quinta. Every everybody in this show acts great. I don't have any pr issues with anybody's acting. Um, but she's funny. She 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 is funny. Um, she is very much that teacher. Uh, I see it all the time, actually. Uh. I hope she doesn't get burnout. She, she reminds me of the teacher that's going to get burnout who puts her all into everything, picks ideas from others and like, you know, 
wants to do that for her kids. Uh, I, I like Janine as a character. Uh, I guess there's, I guess the only things I don't like is how they make her such a loser at times. There's um, a lot of, there's a lot of cringe humor. I would say like, there's some parts where I'm like, I need to just like look away from the screen for a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm very sensitive to comedy. Uh, and especially with Janine's character, sometimes she gets in over her head and I understand that that's her character and that's what they're going for. Like she's the one who the show centers around primarily. Um, and she's, a, but she's also the one that's going to go on the greatest journey. Uh, she has a lot to learn basically. So. Yes. And I, and I like, I like that for the audience's perspective, as far as this is who you're kind of in it with. And versus, you know, a character like Gregory, who's a substitute, it's kind of a different angle approach. Um, yeah. But and you, you see, and I think Abbott does a good job, you know, I, I do compare it to The Office. The Office took a while before you really get to see the outside lives of The Office. You know, part of Janine's character is she's growing as a teacher and she's grown as a person. She was in a toxic relationship for the better half of her life because she was with that guy, uh, the rapper, who's also really funny. Tariq, thank you. Catwoman V. Catwoman V is here too. Gonna give some insight in a little bit. Uh, that's the only name I could think of on the spot while we're on air. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you you watch her by the yeah. end of the season. She breaks up with the Tariq and... Yeah, but that was last season. We're talking about this season. like. Oh, no, I'm, I'm building. I'm building. I'm talking about what, oh, what they building, what we started right. off with. I mean, right, though. We now see her. And we could talk we, season one, season two, combine it all. I'm just talking characters at um, this point. You see that aftermath of that breakup. Uh, at the beginning of this season. I like... So something that I like about this season, particularly, as I feel last season, because it was so short, um, they could tackle something new every episode. Like things, like of course the, there was a through line where the two through lines throughout last season was uh, the romance between, uh, what do you call it? Janine and Gregory. Janine and Gregory, which is like still very a slow burn. And then there was also Ava being very unequipped for her for the job that she's in. <laughs> yes. Um, and I feel like those two were the through lines for last season. However, I feel like this, because last season was so short, they tackled something new every episode. So it was very episodic. This season, it feels very, still very episodic, but there's a lot more like functioning plot threads for all the characters. And I feel like we see it not only with Janine and Gregory, like still slow burn this season. Very slow. At the beginning of the season, we see her kind of like, I'm gonna, my summer was great. I broke up with Tariq and everything's fine, you know, but you still see the after effects throughout the entire season. Like everything that's happened so far makes sense. Like with her reevaluating her friends or her out, her outside of work friends to people in in the school appreciating her more, like there's a a bigger sense of like oh things are happening little by little, which I think 
is what television is supposed to evoke. It's supposed to evoke this sort of feeling of everyday life. Yeah. Which is why people gravitate towards it. You know, I would say they're doing, I think they're doing a really good job with Janine's character. As you said, you know, they introduced her one uh, friend, uh, you know, who was like, hey, you should come to this party with me. Erica. Erica, yeah, you should come to this party with me. You know, do you ever like go out? Do you ever have fun since breaking up with Tariq? And then I think they really capitalized it very well on the finale or the mid-season finale with the whole, you know, uh, you know, uh, you're out and about, your work friends are here, but don't let that dictate, you know, how you move and whatnot. You're here for a good time, you know? And yeah, I think, I think it is a very slow type of burn her relationship with gregory specifically but um uh, i mean i i I, again i have to compare it to like the office and uh with uh jim and pam what i like about this one more is if again it feels more real uh to me um because maybe because it is so slow not to say that there wasn't but gregory's a dude no uh, no way no jim and pam from the office they were they were they were like three episodes in already jumping on each other. Ah, I wouldn't say that. It took them it took them a dang dang near three seasons to finally get together. But what I see is Gregory actually being a human. You know, uh, he dates uh, Barbara's daughter at one point. A lot of parents find him attractive. Uh, you know, and then Angel finds him attractive enough to consist consistently commit harassment harassment yeah right right and, and you, again some of some of it loses realism of the fact that ava even has a job uh what she blackmailed the superintendent um yes <laughs> yes um i feel like that plot line got like dropped um in this season uh i don't know if they're gonna pick it back up anytime soon but yeah that whole ava needing something you know or ever that being qualified for a job is still prevalent in this season but definitely um it's gonna come and bite her i'm sure um but you know what i like too about this season with ava they're actually showing she is somewhat competent in certain areas yes Um, i love i actually love that um i love that ava is extremely competent in certain ways like everyone is learning from each other this is really talking about like it's really bringing forth the community aspect how everyone has different uh how should i say everyone has a different role to play in the community even you know when they're a little problematic or they don't want to talk to people they they have a specific role in their community Reva, even though she's extremely problematic has a role because there was one point in the season when he was talking, uh, she was talking to Gregory about that little kid who kept, who was obsessed with Bluey. Yes. And, yes. That episode. Yes. And he just sent it to him to the principal's office and he, she sent him like right back after like a couple minutes, like, Oh, here you go. Here's your axolotl. Ha ha ha. And he was like, uh, what are you doing? You're, you're supposed to discipline him. And Abel was like, he was basically almost crying at the principal's office. I'm not going to like ruin their day and, you know, d- discipline them so that they just 
feel bad about themselves. I want them to get back into a learning environment as fast as possible. So it's it's a very good episode because that happens so often. I mean, but like it doesn't as far as I have never sent a child or student straight to the principal's office. <laughs> That's not the protocol. There, there's a chain of command you got to work up. Um, but at the end of it all is that's whenever you have to call for discipline it is not supposed to you know uh disparage or embarrass the child it's supposed to it's supposed to give you a break and recollect your class and then yes get the child back into the learning environment now again i've had my fair share of moments and i'm sure catwoman v has had his fair share of moments of when they do come back, it's either they come back for some goodness or it's just the same old, same old. But I like that Ava as a character, they let her take on that idea of, yes, it's it's about the children and there are better ways. There's more than more than one way to skin a cat when it comes to disciplining a, a student. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was... And then when she made Gregory take the walk too, that, that was pretty funny as well. Um, and come on in here, buddy. This is Catwoman V, uh, new supernova. Join us. Uh, he, like myself, has had experience teaching, and I think uh, he would very much like to speak upon kind of the things you like about Abbott, whether or not you find them realistic. Or, you know, you just, I, I imagine you like it just as a show as it is, right? Yeah, so, like Ethan said, uh, I'm sorry, Grandmaster Hoop. Thank you. Like Grandmaster Hoop said, um, I am a former teacher up until earlier this year. And I started watching Abbott pretty much from the beginning. I, I think it had been on for like a couple episodes and someone was like, you really got to watch it. I think you'd enjoy. So then when I watched it, I was like, okay yeah this does seem pretty realistic of course like like you already said some of it is dramatized but that's tv but the situations were definitely realistic i remember going through some of those uh, situations in my own classroom i taught middle school so the elementary aspect doesn't translate directly. as well in abbott because uh oh uh, yeah that's yeah. true uh but like i think the one episode that really got me hooked was when uh, or the situation that got me hooked and told me, yeah, this is def they're definitely consulting teachers on the writing is the uh, part where Janine was trying to get rugs or like a carpet for the classroom because there's a kid that takes a nap on the, the classroom rug every day. That uh, really solidified it because a lot of the times as a teacher, you get exposed to the, the sometimes the less pleasant aspects of your students lives like you get to see what they're dealing with at home as much as they try to cover it up sometimes the parents are a little bit more forthcoming because they want you to understand about their child and like why they're behaving this way or sometimes you just accidentally come across it because the guidance counselor will say hey this person hasn't been in school for these couple, past couple of days because of this reason or this kid might have a certain smell because they haven't been able to shower at home or something like that so the the fact that a lot of the situations were realistic actually made me want to tune in more to the show it is funny i like the comedy but the fact that it's just like they kept it so close 
to the different situations of what it means to be a teacher. I do like the growth that I saw with Gregory, like coming on as like, you know, I'm just a sub and not really wanting to put effort into the classroom and then transitioning. And you can see him learning the lessons of what it means to be a teacher, like, you know, putting the kids artwork up on the wall, making them feel like this is a room to come into. And like, you know, you're valued here, your teacher cares. The episode with Bluey, I thought was a little ridiculous, personally, <laughs> simply because I, I don't like, you know, just sending kids to the, uh, to the principal's office. That wasn't even something we did in, in middle school, but I, I didn't like the, I personally didn't like the result that he came up with or the solution. Like, you know, I'm going to include Bluey in the lesson. I thought that was a bit cheesy, but whatever works to get your, your kids interested in the lesson, I guess, whatever. Um, but I like his growth as a teacher. I like that he is like acknowledging what it takes to be a teacher. There's a lot more work and effort put into it. It's not just you show up every day and you just do the job. You actually have to think about how to make it work. Uh, and you have to think about what you mean to these kids because you're not sometimes just their teacher. Um, Janine's growth within the first season all the way into the end like when they're at the field trip and she like turns around and yells at the kids and says sit down like developing your teacher voice amazing that was just I remember like when I had to develop my teacher voice for a field trip and I was like I see you <laughs> I see you <laughs> yeah we are one right now so I think the show uh I think the main thing that's really holding me to the show is how realistic it is as a teacher or a former teacher watching and seeing the situations they're going through the desking thing talking about the oh the social was good. Media. oh i yeah that, the, that stuff is like oh god just thinking about like with the devious licks and things that used to go on with like the the challenges like the uh, uh slap your teacher in the back of the head all these different oh challenges my goodness i was like I'm glad, I'm glad they're not doing something as like ridiculous as that but the desking the desking is that was, such that was a funny episode. that is Ange. i think you had hit me up about whether or not kids actually do that type of stuff um and I was like, yes, they do. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it's like worse than desk game. They'll be like, hey, I'm about to go steal my teacher's pins. Like, and they go steal and then they go post it. It's wild. It's wild. But, you know, to Catwoman V's point, the episodes that resonate with me the most are the ones that I can actually relate to because mm -hmm. they have happened to me. Um I really like the episode where uh, Janine and Melissa, Melissa said Janine's not that, uh, made a joke about her not being that great of a teacher. And, you know, Melissa is the seasoned veteran teacher as well as Barbara. And uh, Janine, you know, felt some type of way. And then it was about Janine now has to prove herself with this one student. And it proved, and it was that student who was super smart and it turned out that she was not being challenged enough mm. and needed to go up the other grade level. I love that episode because I I have seen that in the classroom so often. Uh, the whole, they're not being challenged enough. They're clearly above grade level. What are we going to do about it type of situation? Sometimes it's unfortunate. Sometimes they don't do anything about it. Um, but it, it's such a, that's, they must i'm i'm tr I'm trying to apply to work for abbott elementary like the the writers and the writing staff and be like this is real i got you i got stories for days absolutely yes um but yeah it's such a good it's good it's good 
It's good. Um, how y'all feel about Jacob as a character? I think it's a, I think Jacob is a fun character. You know, when you talk about like cringe and stuff like that, like it was so good and so cringe. This whole story samurai episode that happened this last season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I yeah, when we say this idea of like having this like not look, like I'm actually fine with everything, but that episode was like so perfectly like cringe that like I, I don't know how to describe it i just have not felt that uncomfortable watching something but was like <laughs> couldn't help but continue watching it type of thing <laughs> in a while well it's, it's it's next level cringe when the characters themselves are trying to tell them how cringe worthy it is and that you shouldn't be doing it um but uh, i think he's a really funny character uh he did it because again it's about you don't know what you mean to these kids. So it, when he stepped up to do the samurai bit, you know, the kids see him, you know, just be himself and have fun. Mr. C. Mr. C, right. Um, oh, my God. And his boyfriend, too. And when Ava when was black and it's, it's pronounced Zach. Oh, I... So I went back and rewatched that episode just for that part. But then as the... That's a desking episode. And as, like, I was just like dang after ava said that i was like wow yeah she's probably my favorite character for sure oh i mean again the writing is like really next level because that joke right i see that joke circulate. like please pronounce that oh my god i see that joke circulate all through tiktok all the time that is a good one uh yeah it's just, he's 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 easy to be the kind of the character to pick on mm. uh and be the punching bag but he's also a good character too. I'll tell you, the roasting episode where he had the students uh, that were roasting him and he didn't know how to combat it. Guilty. That has happened to me before uh, with some fifth graders, mm. some badass fifth graders. Let me tell you. Ah, oh, wait, isn't you get roasted? You know how to roast him back? I was getting roasted, and I do know how to roast back. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you're just off. You know, not just um, that, but you also like the i like i think my first day teaching i was gonna roast one of my kids like yeah, i said like you know let's we got 10 minutes left in class you all okay let's get to know each other let's have a, a, a roasting session and when they started like the kids were roasting each other i was like okay so y'all are not doing this at a low level and i was like at this point i'm just gonna have to make you cry and i'm so glad the bell rang because they're like mr levens get in on it and i was like no because i'm gonna be like you stink. You didn't bathe today. All kinds of things. And I was like, oh, that's not roasting at no, this that's point. That's not roasting. No, that's being <laughs> but they were, be they were being that mean to each other. And I was like, I don't think you all understand oh, what I was asking. Children do not. Assignment. No, no, you're absolutely right. Children do not know what it means to actually roast for fun. Uh, they they say some hurtful stuff. They do. And I'm like. Yeah. And, and they laugh it off. But it's like. Hello. You're talking about their livelihood. Uh, which, again, well, I think. They're 12. They have a life well i mean like you know their home life you mm -hmm. know if somebody stinks then they, i think abba does a good job i mean they haven't done too much of it late uh that i can really think of as far as going into the lives of the children i know they just did the episode with the one mom uh that was so good uh what is it and she the, had like and bitch. Ava was oh, so God. good being like why does it matter and no, no, just yeah like, uh, <laughs> why do you need why do you care like that was such a good scene. 
Um, I don't know. Between... I feel. Go ahead. Go go. I was gonna say I feel so conflicted with the show with one thing, and that's Ava because it's like, I it's just like the sexual harassment stuff is like I just for me is just so bad. Like this is like that's not like a per- it's like so fireable, not appropriate at all. And even in, like in a joking sense, like just you know, right? But of then course. like, uh, I, and then the blackmail. I, but then she has all these golden nuggets of like insight that I'm like. I appreciate it, but it's like, I don't want to like you because of all these other things. I don't know. Go ahead, please. <laughs> She's definitely the like one of the villains of um, Abbott Elementary. And it's funny because villains sometimes are in your community and you have to just grow with them. Um, and other times, like, you can let them go. But I, I don't know. This is, it's so tough because, yeah, sometimes the harassment is too much. And it's always aimed specifically at one person so yes it's it's too much sometimes i i i hate saying this because i am a big proponent of like you know caring for men and men's harassment i cannot help but bust my gut laughing every time ava makes a, an unnecessary comment to a unnecessary comment to gregory I bust my gut laughing, and I'm maybe I'm bad, <laughs> but it's just so it's so funny. No, it's funny. <laughs> it's it's in the again. It it is cringe because in a real workplace, no. Oh, fired. It's, but it's it, like it's, that, it's like cleverly written. It's like that meme where it's like someone hot does it, and it's like, oh, thank you, and then human resources. <laughs> Oh, uh, the one that immediately comes to mind, I think it was like two episodes ago where uh, Ava was covering oh, the, uh, sick day. the Janine's class yes. and, you know, Ava's short. My eyes are up here, oh. Mr. Eddie. Right. And he's like, I'm sorry. I was expecting. I'm used to looking down here for Janine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will say I like Ava looking at her character. I think she's supposed to represent like a millennial or Gen Z kind of person who just doesn't understand that you're supposed to filter what you say in certain environments. But her approach to work is non-traditional. Like the way that she goes about mm, things is that's absolutely a word. no way. No that's, way that's that definitely I respect a to to behave or, or anything like that. But she does she has shown that she cares deep down, just in a in a different way. Her priorities are skewed, but she does care like when she was speaking to the uh, the school board she was able to talk about the fact that yes she does does things differently but she does care about the kids she cares about the teachers that she works with so i just think that her character is supposed to represent that person who's like you know very lackadaisical just used to just going through life and like surviving on her looks and charisma and things like that and now she's in a situation where that's only going to take her so far so she's got to adapt and like you know change to the situation so i like her uh i do think that i think they're probably going kind of heavy on the the sexual harassment jokes because it's from a woman to a man as opposed from a man to a woman so they're probably trying to highlight it and the jokes are funny like i don't want to laugh at them because they they do cross the line to like you know uh workplace harassment but I was like, some of these are really, really freaking funny. We just got to bring in the the separation. Oh, no, I just, I actually don't find them funny. Ooh. I just, I'm like, ugh, like no, uh, not another one of these jokes. I just don't. 
you know, and, okay, I'll say to your point, it is the easy quick laugh. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those are those are kind of very much similar to I don't want to say Ava is like a again I hate to compare it to The Office I don't want to say Ava's like a Michael Scott where it's like borderline oh, inco- incompetency she definitely is like Michael Scott okay problematic yes. right yes. and then the thing about the thing about Michael Scott and that is different from Ava is that Michael Scott is truly incompetent uh Ava has shown that she is competent. So when she does, when they do give her feed her those jokes, it's I can understand why someone like Ange, I understand why you wouldn't find it funny. Because it's like an actual issue, you know, and they're really playing it up for laughs. And if they're really clever with this writing, this will be a plot that comes back and you know, Ava can develop from it. Which yeah. we might be giving them too much credit, and as Nino knows, Absolutely we love, not. We love writing not. a better story. No, no, no. I think I think we're giving them just the right amount of credit because, as we've seen, Ava's already going on through her character arc um, with become like becoming someone who's worthy to be a principal. Yes, know, for this school, um, we saw it with her taking over the class for Janine, and her enjoying it. Her restraining herself, not having to share her ghost face killer story. Oh my the 90s. gosh. She, yes. there, there's a lot of, and I think this is the redeeming quality is that um, Ava is an actual character. Uh, and it seems that there, even, even though it's not like, we know that it's not serious um, because we find out that Ava is dating Andre Iguodala. Right. <laughs> or, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> He's been dating her for five years. You're right. And she's been dating him for two. Yeah. (laughs) So again, it's just I think that it will there will be a reckoning of some sort for Ava. Um, but I think I think maybe as we go through it we'll see more. But I also think that it's kind of saved by like they they also make it no known to us that um through Gregory's like facial expressions, like this is not okay. I don't know why you keep saying, you know, and he just does it to the camera. There, there's there's something there. I can't quite put it on, but maybe no, it will develop into something. I, I see it, and I really hope it develops because, again, we're giving them a lot of credit from what they've given us, rightfully so. So, as you said, the right amount of credit. So, I really would like to see... Well, I mean, shoot, that can very much collide with Gregory's ambitions to be a principal which at first i never understood because he was just a substitute but apparently thought he could apply to be principal he would have gotten the job too but also that's not how that that's not how that That is not how it works but that part was unrealistic and af but he went to like i think he has like a master's or maybe even a doctorate in like higher education like leadership they alluded to it right yeah, yeah he went into but, some special training or something yeah but um i also think that it's a i think it's we can assume that that public district is so underfunded that they they're just willing to take anybody in these positions <laughs> so could be um and again that could ooh um i'm i'm, I'm gonna save this uh overarching plot uh, for later uh i want to keep going with the characters but i think that could definitely be a factor into somebody's uh game 
Well, I'll bring it up after we finish through the characters. Let's talk uh, Barbara and Melissa. I, I think you can lump them together, but they're two very different characters, I feel. Um, yes. You know, they're, they're your veteran teachers. Um, it's very interesting watching the situations they put them in uh, because I also find those so realistic. Uh, when Barbara had to come off her high horse because she didn't know how the new online programming system worked mm. that was a great episode um for me because i have i have helped so many teachers just get their shit started like this is the start button right here uh like and it's 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 just a good it's a good juxtaposition because the veteran teachers are quite knowledgeable. Um, so you do go to them for mentorship and you do seek out advice and they know the run of the mill. They know how things work. But then again, you as a new teacher or a young teacher are very capable to show them something new. And I really like how they do that with Barbara and uh, Melissa. More Probably more Barbara because they really try to pair her up with Janine a lot and you know oftentimes she's very reluctant to help her um and i really like the the toilet episode where they were uh yes. destroying all the toilets because <laughs> god how yeah. does the school function uh, uh, I, the listen when that listen i i was fortunate enough to not go to one of these schools in miami dade mm -hmm. uh but I went to a charter school for high school, but there was also, I had a bunch of friends in other places. There was a school called Southwest High School that did not have clean running water for drinking uh, for like years. Um, they would constantly get like, try and get it out and it would come out yellow with like stuff in it from the water fountains. I can totally believe that Abbott is completely, you know, run down at this point. And that's just from like, you know, a, vari a variety of factors that contributed to it. And I, I think that's I think that's another thing I like about the show is that it does have a message. Um, I think we'll get into it. Uh, I think at the end to like wrap up about the charter school. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yep, yeah, it's coming. Um, but definitely with these older teachers, I like their inclusion because right now I feel like maybe and you can tell me if i'm wrong uh you know that teaching is kind of in a in a little bit of a changing of the guard like there's a lot of young teachers that have a bunch of like experience with this new technology because they grew up with it but then there's a lot of older teachers that are being kind of phased out because the technology is like rapidly advancing so it's very interesting to see that they included it in the show with half with like half the main cast being from an older generation and having to impart knowledge on the newer generation no no you're you're right uh it is kind of a get with it or kind of get going type of scenario um i mean new programs are probably introduced every single year uh, orange county public i'm sorry florida uh just started a new whole curriculum you know uh it's very much that it's very much technology is uh dominating the profession 
And yeah, you got to get on board. And if not, uh, it's what you find is these conversations among like uh, parent and teachers where it's like, yo, what's going on? And it's like, uh, well, they're not submitting the work. But then on the other half, they don't even know how to find their submitted work. They don't even know the ins and outs of the program that they're teaching on. And then sometimes it's like they don't know how to best adapt their teaching style to these new styles of programming uh, that the students have to receive at this point so it is a great perspective when you have two characters who represent that uh i mean so and again it's not even only about uh you know when it comes to like technology i think melissa had that really good episode with her teacher aid mm. you know and her teacher aid the teacher aid was like giving them the beat uh to uh what was it clips um so yeah it's the original cup song <laughs> Um, but you know, that's, that's styles of learning. That's, um, that's auditory. That's, uh, gosh, I know it's auditory. It's kinesthetic because it's, you know, you're doing that movement. Um, but it's like, you know, not every child learns the same. So, you know, you have to be readily adaptable to fit the need, the learning style of your students. So as you said, there is a message. There's, there's like, uh, what's the word there's a they're trying they're trying to say something they're definitely trying to say something um uh, which I, I i would hope a lot of teachers actually do watch this um because it is it, it does give really good insight but also parents too i mean it, it across the board i think this show is really good just to watch if if you're involved in school i guess or if you if you ever been to school which is god dang near everybody um <laughs> am i right uh i think everybody can learn something here um but goodness it also they're the anchors of the show they're the veteran actors as well um so i think it's it's a very nice balance like cheryl lee is definitely the mother hen of the group uh melissa is that crazy aunt with the bat under the desk um so yeah I'm thinking about what she said. Uh, just wipe it down for me when you bring it back. <laughs> I mean, okay, so thinking about like the generational differences between uh, thinking about the generational differences between um, the veteran teachers and like obviously the te teachers in like Janine's generation uh, on Abbott. So the episode about them bringing on that new program, I actually did think that that Barbara had a great point like you know and she knows how to teach kids how to read she's been doing it all her career she doesn't need a new program to come along and and show that and I actually agree I have been very frustrated myself even when I was a teacher about the trainings that we would do on like this new hottest wave that the county wanted us to start implementing or someone somewhere in a think tank somewhere said oh this is what we got to use to to help the kids learn I, I don't think that instituting like new programs would be the way to go. Like the traditional methods of, of teaching worked for a long time. I don't think that those need to be completely phased out. Yes, kids now have shorter attention spans. They're used to technology. They're very savvy with it. And the idea of implementing or like, you know, introducing into the classroom and like letting them interact with it. I'm all on board with that. But when it gets to the point where everything now is digital, 
it's very hands-off in other regards like you know here grab your thinkpad log in go to eCampus or whatever website uh, a school uses i think at that point it starts taking away from the traditional methods of teaching because it got to the point where i had to start building an entire digital curriculum for the kids at home when we were doing a distance learning and trying to also do traditional teaching in class and it just got to be too much so i had to blend them together so i completely understand what, what barbara's saying like i don't need technology to teach me how to do my job i'm good at it and then like having like so melissa has had a lot of low-key moments like with the teacher aid uh you know before that she had mixed grade levels in one classroom because they were like oh you can handle 36 kids that is quite the ask of that is absurd having more than like 20 kids in a classroom at one time is a challenge that's not the ratio is one to 25 yeah like yeah. like your class is, and it, ha but it, happens. And it happens it does but technically like you know well i don't know every state i can't speak for pennsylvania but i know that for florida if your class goes even one student over the cap size technically they're supposed to pay you more and they're supposed to like provide you support because technically at that point you are now in charge of what would be considered two classrooms so the fact that they had like 36 kids in her class and their mixed grade levels at the same time insanity not only is that insanity but that's like just downright torture yeah and like they're taking kids from other schools to put in her her classroom like that just like it speaks to the underfunded situation of public schools and clearly abbott is in a situation where they need someone to advocate for them and like you know put them on a better path to success. And then the episode, which I know you all said we're going to get to it about the charter schools. What a conversation to have. Ooh, yeah. What a conversation to have because charter schools do bring in some, some like, you know, benefits in that regard, but like the, it's the drawback as well of what it takes out of the community with the, with having these, I think it gets more to gentrification and things like that. And I'm not a fan of it. But I do understand why people do advocate for it. I did go to a charter school when I was in New Orleans, so I can say that it does have a different experience. But I think it kind of then levels a little bit more blame on a teacher in public school. Like, okay, so why are why are my kids not having the same experience here? I I will just say partially as like one of my final comments. I would love for them to do an episode that talks a little bit more about what's been going on in the past couple of years where parents are wanting more of a say in what is being taught in the classroom it doesn't have to get super political and talk about critical race theory or anything like that but i would like a situation whether it's like you know dramatized something simple where parents want more say in what's being taught in the classroom and like you know i don't want my kids to have to read this book i don't want them to have to do this poem oh. anything like that i would love that episode i would like to see how they they would handle it that's gotta be in the fun. works that that has to that honestly does have to be in the works, and you know I wonder if the character to do it with will probably be um, what's his name Lucas Jacob is it Jacob Damn what the what you call him <laughs> I called him Lucas for some Luke, reason I thought you said Luffy <laughs> well, Oh you know, no it it might that would be a layered conversation with Jacob because he'd probably stick or stray away from anything that would have too much of an emphasis on like you know anything to do with race or he might lean too far into it uh with like how he's been depicted so far he might lean too far into it and go down a rabbit hole um or he might stray away from it because like it'd be a difficult conversation for him to have to have as a white man talking to well, as a white gay man too a white gay man uh who is 
dating a black man but speaking to a predominantly black classroom it would be because i mean he's already hinted at in the in the show that there are certain things that he's not talked about with his class or things like that like he like he was like i'm having thoughts about stop and frisk right now when they were looking for the candy so i don't think he would be i don't think he would like <laughs> enjoy having that conversation with his kids that all. candy episode uh yeah. baby thanos insanity. baby thanos insanity i am inedible and then uh <laughs> and then uh the the, the kid mr johnson is like what did it cost you everything <laughs> I, I and i i think one 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 of the benefits of the show is that it does just comedy really well there are times when it's you know trying to push a message and trying to think critically about what's going on in schools um and i think there's other episodes where it just has fun and i think that's what school's all about a little bit when you're in school Either, you know, one day can go from being this very serious topic where, you know, it, it, the fate of the world is in your hands and blah, 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 Coney 2012, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then the very, ne the very next day, <laughs> the very next day, Flashback. It, it, um, it's just a regular day. There's nothing to do. And it's just shenanigans. I think that that's a good way to, you know, have this show be because it keeps things fresh. It doesn't, and when you're watching the show, it doesn't feel like every episode you're going to have to, you know, carry something with you, you know, and you're going to have to like really open your heart up to, 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 to think critically on. It yeah. just feels like fun. It doesn't get too heavy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I think it, I think it rides that fine line of, hey, I, and again, I think the best types of comedy are the ones that, can get the joke joke across but still have a meaning behind it like there are really funny jokes in the show but it doesn't detract it never detracts from the actual say the the plot or the issue that the episode chooses to highlight like they they still very much remind you hey this is still an issue but here's another joke for you a well-written joke that ties into what's been going on in the episode so again that's that's a shout out to quinta that's a shout out to all the writers because that's that's hard to do that's definitely not an easy task as we said earlier the you know the harassment jokes are very easy to get off there's no substance behind them you know they're, they're the quick laugh you know if anything the most we get from those is just kind of uh again ava's character and gregory's response adds to his character but yeah, I think the show does a really good job at highlighting the issues, but not so much to where you now feel you need to go out and do something about it. You you're aware now. And if anything, you're probably now having conversations, which is probably the most important part. Yeah. Uh, there's one more character. Then we can get into kind of the big things that are happening in season two. Uh, Mr. Johnson, uh, as, as Nino, you said, he's the sleeper character. Uh, he was the only recurring cast member to now get the boost to uh, starring cast. Uh, mind you, they didn't really have too many uh, uh, guest stars or whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Johnson, great character. Uh, I wish Ange was still here. Ange once asked me, do I have a character like Mr. Johnson? Is there a custodian staff like Mr. Johnson? I said, we don't have a Mr. Johnson, but we have Mr. Garcia. and He's my dog. 
Uh, me and Mr. Johnson shoot the shit. I mean, sorry, Mr. Garcia shoot the shit all the time. Uh, well, we did when I worked with him. Uh, and again, just kind of the janitor, the janitor, the custodian staff. Um, they're very much that role that you see everything, you know, everything. And that's not even part of your job. You just happen to know it. But God dang it, he is just funny. He is. They give him some of the funniest lines. Like there was one line when Janine was like talking about like, okay, the real issue is that, you know, my mom and my, my mom never taught me and my sister how to cook. Um, and then he goes, oh, so now we're, now we all have sisters now. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I busted out laughing because that's, I had to pause the the show and just laugh to myself because he he delivered it very well. And then there, when he came into the class to sub, he's like, "I'm the towel," you know. And then he immediately comes in. Has anyone ever flown into the Denver airport? Right. They told him, "Do not mention the Denver airport." <laughs> First thing he does. It's it's very funny. It, he is well deserved. He is very much the um, the creed of this show. Um, with oh, the, the creed, yeah, movement. that's a good yeah. comparison. The creed, yeah, or creed. Um, he's given me a little bit of um, Ron Swanson, uh, ever so slightly. Definitely creed though, creed for sure. Uh, he mentioned that thing about what uh, little Mister Johnson. He's like, that's copyright, young blood. <laughs> Yeah, I like Mr. I like Mr. Johnson. He's funny, but he's also very insightful at times. Yes. Like, like the when they were trying to the desking episode again, I think, when they were trying to figure out who's doing it and he's talking to Gregory. I really like the conversation about like, hey, I haven't been a janitor my whole life. This wasn't what I planned, but you know, life happens, you go more so for the journey as opposed to the destination. And I really like that because there are some people who have questions about like you know if what they're doing right now is what they should be doing um what they're going to be doing five years five uh, ten years from now uh, so it's definitely something that like you know listen to your elders like you know ask somebody who's been in that situation like you know am i am i crazy for thinking this should i be thinking about this something like that so i, I like that they give him his moments where he just gets to drop a pearl of wisdom and he's not just having funny one-liners I, I i think it's a it's a good mix for his character yeah i i, I just feel um it's, it's a it's a career uh whatever you want to call a career job it's often overlooked and very much um they are part of the school's community uh custodial staff mm. um and they are owed the same amount of respect as a teacher and any of anybody else on the staff uh, but very much it takes a village, you know, I have students who I talk to who are not any of my students, you know, and I try to impart wisdom on them. Wisdom can come from anywhere. And I think Mr. Johnson is a perfect character that exemplifies that. And that, you know, again, it's, it's a, the school is in itself as a community and everybody contributes. So if anybody felt the need to neglect one point of that pyramid, then I think it falls apart. So I really like his character for everything we just said. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into some of the finer points of season two. I and mean, we'll we'll go ahead and get into the big one. I just want to 
real quick list off some of the guest stars that have appeared uh, up until this character's uh, appearance. Uh, there's Zach Fox as Tariq, uh, Larry Owens as Zach, Jacob's boyfriend. Um, I, we saw Gritty, uh, the mascot of the Flyers. Um, just to name a few. Uh, Sheila Shaw. Now I'm just listing some to give some credit to. Uh, yeah, Orlando Jones. He played a. Uh, yeah, I forgot. He was yeah, that was him. Yeah. Dare I say this character comes in, and I think this is a game changing moment. One, I one I'd like to say. Oh well, shout out to Kayla Mejia, uh, Ashley, uh, the teacher aide. Um, but this guy comes in, and I think this now solidifies that Abbott is doing things. Uh. Just by the actor alone, who's already uh, kind of now making the jump from, you know, Broadway to more uh, movies and more, I guess, well, I mean, again, if you have time to make a TV appearance, that means these people probably want to be here. Leslie Odom Jr. shows up as Draymond Winding, uh, and he is the owner of a charter school or an organization that promotes charter schools or tries to get the kids in Philly over at the charter schools. And this episode one, I mean, obviously this episode is really plot heavy and it's definitely going to factor into the rest of the season for sure. Um, but it's very well done. Um, I love the, I love the idea that they let in with, with the commercial, the commercial with, um, uh, you know, they're attacking Abbott. Oh my God. That was funny. Like they just caught videos and they're like, how they even get the cameras in here? <laughs> but Ava's like, I thought it was one of them. <laughs> that's it's very fun because I think that's the first time, or one of the first times that they break the fourth wall. Yes, with the uh, the mockumentary style, um, it's very refreshing to see that uh, because they then it then everything's just everything gets thrown out the window. I think because it every everything from that point is just very funny with that. Uh, because they're in Janine's house in her bathroom. Yes. When she's about to go poop. You know, I'm like, that's just, it's just very funny. They're at the club. At yes. The, it's very funny to think about. And I think that's, it's very tongue in cheek. Um, but the, the, the main issue is that the, you know, the charter school is running an ad and it's, it's looking bad on Abbott and there are students transferring out of the school to the charter school conveniently right i find it so funny that the the woman who got fired for kicking a child in the face oh is at the school is is at the school and is in the commercial i find that so funny and i i also find it funny that um you know they she she when we see her she's like oh kicking I've been kicking myself because of this and that. And then everyone just starts laughing and she's like, something funny. <laughs> I also like, again, and this was kind of a, the the mystery of the episode. It's like, oh yeah, everybody was trashed in that ad, but you, Barbara, mm -hmm. and they show Barbara and it did not click to me at all. Like I was trying to piece together why is Barbara not being highlighted in a negative light in this episode i mean the ad and then obviously you so saw leslie odom he comes in he says he basically lays out his plan he's trying to make 
Abbott like obsolete and trying to get the kids to the charter school. And this is a personal vendetta because he went to Abbott. He's an Abbott alum and he has only had one great experience at Abbott. And that is with Barbara. Uh, and it, it it was perfectly done too. Um, because you know she's like she she doesn't say anything. You know she leaves it alone. Uh, and it's not until what the final straw where he comes for everybody's neck. I think at some point. Yeah, he's talking trash about them at the school, and she says, "In my classroom, Draymond, <laughs> Draymond Winding, you come in here right now." Name, Draymond. Right. Uh, you got that name in Philly. What, what, what's a <laughs> He said, "Yes, Mrs. Howard." Right away. <laughs> but I, I think I like it because at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the season, we heard about the charter school. We did, you know? we did. Didn't and they go? We went, did they go to it? Yeah, and then we went to the charter school right. because they were getting better stuff than Abbott was. And now the the charter school system is trying to basically leave Abbott only bones. Um, and take everything from them. I find that really interesting. I, I like the long form storytelling. Yes. Quinta Brunson is showing, and may, the writer team as well. I have to give credit to them. They're showing their capability of like extending a plot line to instead of it being, oh, one or two episode special, which a lot of, you know, different shows do. They, they, they're slowly, you know, giving you pieces to unravel. Um, and I think it's for a long form villain, like a true villain, a true antagonist. I think charter schools are the perfect thing to start commenting on. Um, and I think it's also the natural progression of like something that is harming public schools, like right now in the real world. Um, so I think, I think that development is there, um, now now i'm excited to see where it goes we're at the mid-season and we've already established who is the issue against abbott but now i feel like they're going to take it to the next level maybe in the second half of the season maybe um fully next season but it the progression is there about that the charter school is a problem and if they don't do something about it abbott might close down and yeah you know well it's interesting when you say you know do something about it it's it's not necessarily what they need to do about it. it's what they need to do for Abbott because mm. you know Abbott is being painted in this terrible light and it's like what are they going to do who are they going to reach out to are they going to go straight to the school board and be like hey this other charter school in our district is you know poaching our kids and you know when you don't have kids you don't get funding that's what it comes down to um so it's like, how are they going to advocate? Who are they going to get on their side? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, charter schools, as we said, can be beneficial. You know, uh, there's no doubt about that. Can there be sometimes, uh, what would you call it, an, like an after effect on public schools? Well, you know, well yeah, there is. Mm. Um, and of course, when you really go to the top of it all, is there someone who's profiteering off of it? For sure. Um, but with that said, there are benefits to it. There is special education. There is, you know, uh, 
Oh, that's really the only thing I got. They got they you know they can they can watch him call it. What is it? They can they can uh what's the word? They can they can like you know they 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 can teach whatever they want. They teach. Oh, the curriculum is not um, set by the uh, the state or the, uh, the county. Right, it is by them. So it's like you know, if there's something that you need to go do, and this school specializes in it, I get it. You know, so as you said, long form storytelling. We've only gotten two episodes with the mention of the charter school. Uh, I I definitely think if it's I mean it's it's an issue that's not necessarily I think is going to be resolved in a season. But we're going to get more episodes in the second half for sure. And maybe Leslie's story will be concluded by season two by the end of it. But like, obviously, the issue of charter versus public schools, that's not ever going to go away. You know, yeah, who's Leslie? Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, OK. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do think so. I think but it's, it's good that they're speaking about it, especially with what's going on, like in the world. Like, let me, let me just, you know. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Like, yeah, to take a minute about what, like, what's going on. Like, these are real world things. Um, currently in Missouri, uh, a bunch of schools, public schools are shutting down because of lack of funding. Uh, there is actually, and I heard this from a, you know, a teacher, like spreading it on TikTok um, and then corroborated by other teachers there's a bunch of students that are going to the only high school in town um, when their district or not in their district, but like close to them and that school shutting down and they have to be either go to a charter school, go to a private school or be bused all the way across to another town, you know, just to go to school. And like then that these... becomes an overcrowded issue on yeah. lack of resources. And and they're already addressing the overcrowding issue because the in the, in Abbott they, there's a school that shut down, and then the third grade class got mixed oh, with the second right. grade class. So yeah. it, it all bleeds into each other, and I think this is where the writing is doing so well because not only is Abbott living in the present, living in well, yeah, not present, but I think it, it in a paradox state where. They don't want to give them funding, but they also want to throw all the students on them. So they're like, oh, we don't want to give you funding. And but here's, then, you know, 100 more students. And then you also, you know, it goes into the teachers don't get paid enough, you know, and they really don't. I mean, Abbott's doing fine. I think they are. I mean, they haven't really talked about the pay. As a teacher looking at Abbott, it's like, you know, they're probably not getting paid enough, especially a teacher from Florida, for sure. But it's like, all these things are going on in a school, and yet it's not necessarily prevalent to the modern audience, you know, the modern world. A lot of people do not know of these issues, you know? And so I think Abbott is, and Nino, thank you for sharing those uh, quick little uh, stats. The writing, yeah, I think the writing is really reflecting what is going on not just that but um so the episode like we talked about gregory's growth as a teacher taking uh, taking him more seriously putting in more effort and everything the episode where he made a chart on his on his uh, board because he's like my students have to master these these tasks by this point and we got to be able to move on like that and he's like this is unrealistic of the county they wouldn't give us an unrealistic like you know timeline and expect us to get it all done 
Yes, the hell they would. And they do it year after year. Like sometimes you're just not able to fit everything into into the schedule. Of course, like, you know, um, like Barbara gave the example of like a snow day, a, a flu bringing out in class. I mean, I, again, didn't have to deal with that as as a middle school teacher. And of course, in Florida, we don't have snow days, but like hurricane days and then situations where you just the, the kids just aren't getting the material. You have to slow down and make sure that they do understand it because eventually they are going to be tested on it. And it's better that you slow down, go in depth in the material if you need, as opposed to like just doing a glancing uh, lesson on it and then move on and say, OK, we'll come back and cover it all later. So that i think is another thing that they worked in and i would like them to talk a little bit more about it about the pressure that's put on teachers to make sure that, that you are keeping up with expectations while also realizing that these expectations are not realistic so not only do you work in a school that's underfunded overcrowded a school that's falling apart so weak that one bathroom can like you know one toilet will take out an entire oh. floor that's crazy it, it like you know you don't have adequate funding to for textbooks and things like that uh you might not have the necessary support your principal might not be your principal your admin might not be the most supportive or the best at their jobs and yet you are still responsible for the education of like however many kids are in your class it, it's it, it's a lot of pressure that are, that are put on teachers and i don't think that people have been as understanding as they probably could be for teachers well, i'm not think that they are i'm not i'm going to be very honest part of like the whole discourse over the past couple of years about teachers being lazy uh like you know teachers just not wanting to work and things like that about like you know why why school should be open versus why like you know my kids should be learning from home part of the reason i decided to stop teaching was one part of the partly because of the pay uh, versus the stress and the demands of being a teacher and then also I don't enjoy having a job where there's a lot of political and public discourse of you telling me how to do my job but you're not willing to step into the classroom to do my job for me like if you think you're so much better at it if you have all these grand ideas come and do it you deal with your kid every day you know your kid's a POS like you know that your kid is not the best and yet and still you think that I'm going to take this POS and turn them into a grade A student by the end of the school year I can't do that especially if the parent is unresponsive and not supportive at home as well that's well, another thing have, I wish they would have go you ever a thought about into. this Catwoman V have you ever thought mm. about this if you don't parent my children who will exactly <laughs> exactly not me of me to not want to have to parent oh. 30 kids it's 30 it's, times how many Periods. Six. Six class periods. 180 kids. How about that? It's insanity. And then the thing is, I will say it. The one thing I miss about teaching is interacting with the kids because you do get to know their personalities, their quirks, their handwriting, what they are dealing with. Like I could tell instantly if some of my kids were having a good day versus just being themselves. Uh, like I could tell instantly as soon as they walked in the classroom, how they greeted me, whether or not they did the bell work. I could tell. And I would just like, you know, if they're having a bad day or something, I give them a couple minutes, let them chill. And if I notice they're still not getting engaged, just go quietly talk to them or something like that. And I can, I can get the entire story of what's going on and why they feel this way. So I will say I miss that about being a teacher because teachers do have such an important role in, in kids' lives, especially if you're a good teacher and your kids like you. If they notice you're putting effort in, they're gonna like you. If they notice that you're not and you're like half-assing it, they're not going to respect you. They're not going to really look at you as someone who's an authority figure. You're like their friend, their playmate. So 
I miss that aspect of it, but I do not miss at all the stress that comes along with it because you almost feel as though if I don't do my job properly day in, day out, that you have to be on it eight hours a day, you're going to like screw up this kid because eventually you're going to just drop the ball somewhere and it's all going to be on you because everyone is going to blame you. Parents, admin, other students can be like, well, I didn't learn because my teacher didn't teach me as opposed to I didn't learn because I didn't want to be engaged in the lesson that day. I think and I wonder, it, I wonder, I wonder oh, if Abbott is going to cover that, you know, because that's a real concern from all teachers. I was going to say something similar. I think one thing I, and we can kind of, uh, we can start to wrap this up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, the kids, the kids are, you know, there hasn't been a kid on the show that I could really like focus in on and hone in on. Uh, I, I believe it's the same kids in every episode. Uh, but that's a perspective, you know, that we, I think that needs to be shared too. Um, everything that Catwoman V just said is a true, very true feeling for a, a lot of teachers. And I think it would be good from the show standpoint is really be reflect, reflexive and show the reciprocation of, you know, we get a lot from the teachers and the staff in the show. Let's hear from the kids as far as are their needs being met? Do they feel like their teacher is teaching? And living up to that standard what does it look like when a child doesn't understand what's going on we've seen we've seen bits and pieces but now i would like them to attach that to a character so they can grow and again everything that abbott has shown is quite reflexive of what's going on in the actual classrooms now whether or not people are going to go out and do something about it is up is you know to be determined but the conversations are starting you know and I think the more that people watch this show and, you know, find entertainment in it and recognize the realism, the more change we're probably going to see. And I hope that's what Abbott plans in there. I mean, again, at the end of the day, they're really just writing a comedy show to write a comedy show, but they've been nailing the message, you know? So I like to think they have an underlying agenda to promote, you know, the goodness that is public schools, the goodness that is, you know, hi highly effective teachers, high, highly effective staff, and uh, what can happen when a community comes together to support education. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think a great way for the tie-in, like, you know, the student perspective would be, like, if they do, like, a teacher appreciation episode, oh, yeah. like, when they get to that point in the school year, because that's really when I started realizing dang my kids really do love me like the ones that i didn't really have the greatest relationship with like maybe they wouldn't talk to me uh every year for like teacher appreciation like some of the teachers would make their kids write cards usually the ela teachers so hint hint would make their oh. kids like write cards like you know to your your favorite teacher or teacher who like uh meant a lot to you or like you know has made an impact on you and then also at the end of the year like when people are signing yearbooks like you know the kids want to leave some a message for their teachers as well I think if they get to that point of the, of the school year in the show, they should probably, that would be a good way to tie it in. Like let the kids do like give their little confessionals and talk about the teachers that left uh, an impact on them and all the things that you already mentioned about like, you know, are, are your needs being met? Are your teachers actually teaching? Did your teacher go the extra mile? And did they trans transcend from just a teacher to a, a role model, a mentor for you? Something like that. Do you see them as a parental figure? I, I, I truly think they're on their way. I 
I, again, we've been giving them a lot of credit and I feel it's right. I believe that is where they're going. And again, hello, this is our application. Quinta, if you're listening, we got you. Like, I would gladly share some stories. Oh, gladly share stories and scenarios for a fee for for a studio you know for the fee, appropriate right? compensation of course oh, yeah. of, i mean let's be honest we don't get i mean i don't get paid that much um but hey teachers nino's a writer he's got his creative creative writing I, i'm gonna let you take it i, I I'm, I'm this is I'm i glad i gladly bring you on yeah but you could also right. speak from the perspective of, of a parent of a parent who's had to deal with like different types of teachers like well, I guess teachers right. who were engaged, rigid teachers who were not. I remember you used to uh, text and complain about <laughs> some of the ones who you did not really appreciate. Oh my gosh! I'm so mm, no, no, we got this. We got this. Um, here, let's wrap it up real quick. Uh, the finale. Uh, we leave off on a couple of things. Uh, Janine is going to be dating Vince Staples, uh, aka Maurice. Uh, that's Gregory's friend. Uh, Janine and Gregory had that. I, I really like this episode too. Um they had that moment. Uh, you know, they they were both awkward throughout the whole entire thing, and then they started opening up, dancing with each other a little bit. Not my work enemy with my uh work husband. That was what what'd you say? Pour me a low class shot. So I can spit it out. <laughs> Pour me something cheap so I can spit it out. <laughs> See again, clever writing. Um uh, but yeah, um, Gregory went back to the other girl. Uh, I mean, he's dating her. Makes sense. But the seeds are there. And again, everything we talked about about Abbott, there's more profound stuff that we talked about earlier on in this pod. So it's like, I barely care about this romance right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is cute. And they are doing a good job. Uh, long form writing, as Nino said. Uh, I think they're doing a good job. They're doing a good job with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, I think they're doing a good job with Janine and Gregory. They're just both awkward people. Um, so it feels real. Again, everything we've talked about Abbott feels real. Even when Ava says, come on, Janine, you're coming with me. We're going to another spot. You know, Ava is not inherently an evil character. She's not a bad. She puts up a front for sure. Yeah, she. it is very evident that even though she enjoys picking on, on Janine, she does care about. I I do not think that Ava would have like you know done any of the stuff that she's done over the course of the the what season and a half yeah. if she didn't truly care. Because like if she wanted to be incompetent and just like cushy in her position, she didn't have any incentive to change. Her job is solid or was solidified. And I like that. I like that a lot. Um, again, you don't just pull uh, your if you hate someone in the. Uh, a nice car with Andre Iguodala, you know, right? <laughs> that just doesn't happen. But uh, I think a lot to look forward to in the rest of the season. Uh, let's just close it off. Uh, let's do some final thoughts. Um, again, season two, we as Nino said, we are seeing more long form storytelling. I enjoy that. Everything they've been showing as far as the ins and outs of a school system, and you know where it works and where it doesn't. Think they're doing very good and overall the characters are fun it's they're they're fun to watch they're fun to watch let me get some more kid characters in here and i'm good to go uh nino how are you gonna close off i really enjoy where it's going i'm excited to see you know 
where it's going to go in the second half. Um, it's a 12 episode second half. So, you know, it's going to be two more episodes in the first one. I'm excited to see why they put 10 episodes here and 12 episodes there. Versus the 11, right? Yeah. So it, it's just something to see about. I know we had one kid character that came back for a very small cameo for Shark Tank week. That was the kid that moved up a grade. Yes. Yes. Um, they do have some. I think that's some. Um, I have it here. Is that a Tasha? Is that Tasha? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So, sorry, not Tasha. Um, Trinity. It. It. I know her name begins with a T. Yeah, but I think it's Trinity. Yeah. So, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm, you know, I don't. I don't have any notes right now. I'm just. It's very good. I'm enjoying it, and I, it's very rare that I can say those things these days. So. Yeah, woman V. Uh, how am I gonna finish up? I like I said. I am enjoying the show so far. I think that they're doing a good job of keeping it realistic with what's going on in the classroom. I really do want them to dive into a few more issues that have been more prominent recently. I understand they probably haven't done it yet. Maybe they're thinking about it. Maybe like, you know, they're they don't want to dive too much into it and alienate part of the population, but or maybe they're still trying to figure out how to do it without like, you know, going too far. Political. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there are things that i would like to see done just because i feel like because it has such a captivated audience this would be a great platform to start talking about some other issues that are facing that uh public school public education is facing and teachers as a whole well said well said well goodness i think we will be back to probably close out the season of abbott elementary come the finale uh i think People would love to hear whether or not they succeeded on the fronts that we said uh, they should tackle, succeeded on the ongoing stories that they have set up from season one and season two, and just to uh, clear up our overall enjoyment, which I imagine we will thoroughly enjoy the rest of season two. As Nino said, 12 more episodes to go. Um, Can't wait, to be honest. Uh, I think January 3rd, they come back. Tuesday, January 3rd. Um, so, yeah, yeah, January 3rd, right. <laughs> um, but, hey, folks, thank you for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Yonko Table. Uh, again, if you ever want to hear more about our discussion on Abbott Elementary, please click the link below and join our Discord. We're talking there every single day. If you want to talk about Abbott, we'll gladly join you. Um, but thank you for following us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I uh, got things popping off on TikTok. Help us get to 10K followers. Dr. Jace cannot join us tonight. One, he does not play. Sorry, does not watch Abbott Elementary. He needs to get on that. He watches all those lawyer shows. I call that hypocritical. Um, but he's all on Twitch. You know, we're on Twitch, folks. Um, he's got big things on Twitch. I think he's playing Elden Mid. Uh, Elden Ring, sorry. Apologies. Um, I think that's what he's playing right now. Go, Go follow him. And then uh, thank you again for listening on your various podcast stations, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and thank you for the continued support. But without further ado, I am your host, Grandmaster Hoop, Supernova's Nino Desposado, and Ange. Ange stopped by, so shout out to Ange too, Supernova Ange. And of course, first time Supernova, Catwoman V, hesitant to come on the show, but gave some really good insight on being a teacher. So thank you, Catwoman V. Hope to See you again.
All right, but hey, y'all be easy. Oh, real quick, real fun fact. Abbott Elementary, Willard Abbott Elementary, named for Will Smith, Willard, and Quinta Brunson's mother was a teacher. Uh, mother? No. It's oh, sorry, sorry. Her favorite teacher is Abbott. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Her favorite teacher was Mrs. Abbott. Coming up with all the Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. No, no. Thank you for correcting me. Her favorite teacher was Mrs. Abbott. Very cool. All right, y'all be easy.